You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 8 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm a journalist, author and interviewer and I'm here with the wonderful Gina Militia. Gina, how are you? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good. What have you been up to? Oh my God, I'm suffering overwhelm, but that's okay. <laughs> and it's late at night. I've just got the uh, the ducks in, which isn't code for anything. I actually do have ducks and <laughs> at night I've got got to lock them up so that the foxes don't get them oh how many yeah. ducks are there there's only two now <laughs> oh have the foxes gotten to them we've lost um we've lost a couple i yes. don't think i want to know this, no but uh geez they're amazing pets they're so cool <laughs> i just love them so much it's like they're like guard dogs they're... they but they'll, they'll quack when people come come to the house Ooh. and they quack when i come home okay yeah yeah they're really Cheap cool form of alarm system then it's a really good alarm system. You can hear them from like a couple of blocks away. But I you can don't, hear my ducks. You don't just have ducks, do you? You've got other things. I've got cats and I've got a dog, yes. <laughs> and, uh, and then the, the neighbours have got um, seven chooks that, free that, that, that roam the neighbourhood, right? Oh. The, the entire neighbourhood. And at night when she wants to um, get them back in, she whistles and they come home. It's the <laughs> coolest thing ever. They're the coolest chickens I've ever met and they just like happily roam the entire neighbourhood. Okay, so this isn't the uh, <laughs> podcast hour. for, you know, pioneer woman or anything like that. It's actually a photography podcast but obviously photographers have other lives as well and it seems Gina's is uh, the uh, mother to a menagerie. Yes. <laughs> what have you been doing, Val? Well, I must admit I have a bit of a menagerie myself. <laughs> so I have three dogs and two cats and... Um, <laughs> Many people who follow my Instagram feed will see that there are many photos of them. Yes. But like anyway, every day. <laughs> let's move into the world of photography. What's been happening? What have you come up with this week, Gina? Well, you know, I love shiny things and I happily yes. get distracted. And uh, I found this really cool article about this uh, guy who, was, uh, who set up a, a trick mirror in a, in a um, train station in the 1940s and like what happens people would come up to it and think they were just looking in the mirror and they'd you know be preening or you know fixing themselves up and he'd be taking photos from, from the inside it's so cool because what I loved about the shots is he actually had a light above the um above the booth so they're so beautifully lit and they're people like picking their eyes or there's a guy picking his nose, the guy squeezing a zit yes. who's so handsome. Mm. It's like the most handsome guy I've ever seen squeezing a zit. <laughs> and, and 
like what I loved about these photos is it's made me really want to go out and shoot black and white again because there's something so beautiful about black and white, don't you think? The, the, yeah, I'm going through the shots now and they're very romantic and very glamorous. Yet they're what gorgeous. they're doing is not so glamorous. It's no. like people, you know, getting rid of, you know, lipstick off their, you yeah. know, it's, it's like there's nothing glamorous about the shots. Yet it's that unguarded moment that's being captured. There's something really beautiful about it. And it's like I, I'm not sure you'd be able to do it now because people would be up in arms. It's an invasion of privacy. But, yes. like, it, 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 it was so inspiring to me. And I think the, the, the most I got out of it was, like, I, I would love to do more black and white. It's that, something about that graininess and, yeah. It's, it's gorgeous. Really... You could probably do it now if uh, you decided to use them, you would get them to sign a release. Because yeah. obviously we're, we're all photographed all the time and we're all videoed all the time. Well, so yeah, it's, on, it, it's only if we're, it's, it's used for something that we then, you know, need to seek a release. Like when you come into Sydney Airport, there's these big signs saying that uh, you're being filmed for border security. Yep. And if you do not want to be filmed for border security, for those people who don't know, it's a reality television show, um, people arriving in Australia and going through customs and immigration. Uh, and it, the signs say if you don't want to be filmed for border security then you need to call channel seven but of course that's right next to a sign that is a a sign that says no no mobile phone usage allowed i know (laughs) (laughs) but anyway no i've never actually been filmed border security so i haven't had to you know reject their the reject it um but interestingly i came across a link this week which i thought was pretty cool and it's um from digital camera world and we'll put the link in the show notes and we'll also put the link to the to the um uh mirror camera booth thing that you you're referring to in the show notes as well but um this is a great little quiz and it's actually called which famous photographer are you most like and it asks you a series of questions about the kind of photography you like the kind of things that you like to shoot when and where you like to shoot and then it processes it and has some kind of algorithm and spits out the most fa- the, the the photographer the famous photographer that's most like you now i know we've both separately <laughs> done the quiz and we haven't told each other um what which famous photographer we're like so i want to uh, know <laughs> I'm- I'm so up myself right now. Go on. <laughs> I got Annie Leibovitz. Oh my yes. goodness! I'm so happy. That's your idol. I know. Who did you get? I got a different Annie. I got Anne Gettys. <laughs> Because, of course, I take hundreds and thousands of photos of my babies, but my babies are, are furry ones. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> it's pretty spot on. So, li- listeners, we do recommend that you – well, it's been spot on for Gina and I, and we do recommend that you give it a go just for, you know, fun value. Yes. <laughs> but this week I wanted to talk about events and photographing events. I've been to quite a number of events with you. I've been caption girl sometimes. I've yep. been pseudo assistant sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I've been gate crusher and hanger on sometimes. Yes. <laughs> and I guess, first of all, let's define for everyone what you mean by events, just so that we're clear. 
Okay, so an event is uh, an occasion where you're invited to shoot and you've got your camera and perhaps a, uh, you know, a, a, a flash on the camera and that's the gear that you have. So you're wandering freely around the occasion, taking photos of people and what's going on. So it's not a setup, it, it, it's nothing set up like a studio shoot, so it's different to that. It's different to an editorial shoot where you uh, can arrange everyone and, and have time to light it's basically you're covering what's happening in front of you so it could be something like a wedding it could be a party it could be uh, a corporate launch of a a product it could be uh, a um an awards night um or an engagement or a a public event like a, a so also festival. big social big social events like for example I know that you have previously uh, done the Melbourne Cup and yep. um, the Melbourne Cup is one of the most the biggest race day it's the biggest race day yes. in Australia it's even yes. a public holiday in Victoria yes. for yep. a very long public holiday yes. and there's lots of fantastic and glamorous parties with um, sponsors and champagne and everyone's dressed to the nines the who's who of yep. Australia is at the Melbourne Cup. So there's mm. those sorts of things as yep. well, which are just sort of these glamorous yes. festivities, really. Yes. And then and conferences as well coming to the, you know, under the banner of events. So Yeah, so there's conference yeah. season as well. And when mm. you have conference season, it's not only shooting when you, the, the event, as in when people are speaking, it's also shooting because they always have social events. And, yes. and a conference invariably has some kind of award. <laughs> yep. So it's like all of those things rolled into one as well. Yes. So, so it's like all people gather together and you've got to work the room and get the shots basically and cover the event. So that's, that's an event. So typically who hires you for such events? Well, it's, it can be the, the actual client who's hosting the event or it could be the event organiser. Often uh, the producer of the event uh, could hire me. It could be a magazine that hires me to cover the event for the magazine. Um, so really the kind of shots that you get, that, that you prioritise to make sure that you get, are going to be different depending on whether a magazine yep. um, hired you or whether a conference organiser hired you or whether yes. a PR for a particular brand like Moet yes. and, you know, and Chandon yes. has, has hired you because they've all got different nuances, yes. haven't they? Or it could be a private event where you're covering, you know, the, the, the 50th birthday for, for someone or a, or a wedding where it's the bride and groom that hire you. Mm. But they're all events and, and, yeah, generally uh, how you shoot it is going to be determined by who, photo, who, who hires you. And it's so important to have the conversation with that person who hires you about what kind of shots they want because I remember that when I was at, uh, mag- at, at Glossy Magazine and we hired a, a very good photographer, mind you, he was, mm-hmm. he was good, um, uh, to cover the event and we just assumed that he would know because we'd worked with him so many times the kind of shots that we wanted but as it turned out when we got the shots back we looked at them and we did not recognize or know a single person in them right so he shot everyone but the people we needed him to shoot yep and there was no way we're going to recapture that event no and 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 that's i mean in his defense Mm. did he get a brief (laughs) 
That's 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 the point. We we mm. we made the mistake of not giving him a brief because mm. we had that assumption that he's yeah. almost part of the team. We yeah. shot with him so many times. We yeah. we just thought that he would know everyone on staff, which he did, but he didn't shoot anyone on staff. He didn't shoot any of the celebrities, even though he knew all the celebrities. He just shot these random people. Yeah, and and the thing about events is it's it's a real specialty, mm. and I've seen. Um, amazing uh, product fashion photographers who get sent out to do events and they'll, the shots come back and it's, it's, they're not great yeah. because they're not used to shooting events and it, it really is a skill. And if you're, if you're not used to that, you know, bowling up to people and, and cutting in on conversations to get the shots, then, the, you know, the, you, the, they're just not going to turn out the way that someone who who turns up to events week in, week out and does it as, as like, you know, their main thing. Because there's different styles, isn't there? There's the one where you actually do bowl up to people and get yep. them to, you know, semi-pose or yep. make sure you get the shot. But I've also worked with a, a photographer Jamie, who he doesn't bowl up to people, but what he does is is that long lens shot. So yep. it's very much he is um, he's very much an observer, and he captures mm. people yep. at, in action, but always at their best in action. Yep. Yep. So there's different looks to go for. You need to kind of talk about the kind of look you're going for as well, don't you? In yep. addition to who you're going to shoot. And that, that sort of look is very much how Vogue have, if you look at the society pages in Vogue, when they, they cover events, it's, it's very much that, you know, n- nothing is set up and you see it a lot at, say, the Golden Globes. Or, and I, I often wonder if, I wonder if they've shot it like that or they're just too scared to go up to A-listers and go, oh, <laughs> excuse me, can I take your photo, Mr. Cruz? <laughs> you know, just uh, sorry to interrupt. So, uh, yeah, and you, you see that style a lot. And I, I love that style. Very yeah. hard to do. Yeah. Very hard to do to get a, a good shot of someone mid-sentence, yeah. you know, looking animated or and, and not feeling a little bit creepy when you're sort of at the sidelines, you know, taking shots of people yeah. while they're talking. So it, it's definitely a skill. So let's talk about gear. When it comes to the gear that you need for events, is it different? Do you need, are there certain must-haves? What, tell, tell us. Okay, well, th- there are def- definite must-haves that, that you've got to have when, when you're shooting events. And obviously, uh, I think uh, it's good to have more than one camera uh, because yep. it's, it's, it's great to be able to work with two different lenses and often stuff is happening in front of you so quickly that you don't have time to be changing from one lens to the other. So what I like to do is have like a longer lens on one body and mm. then have a, a, a shorter, wider lens on another body so I can get wide shots, room shots, big group shots, and then I can also get longer shots um, and tighter shots from a distance Mm. with the other lens and I'm not having to worry about swapping, swapping, swapping. And the other good thing is safety if you've got two bodies just in case Mm. because stuff happens, things go wrong, you know, suddenly one decides to stop working, you've got the other one and you're always covered because, again, there's no do-overs. Yeah, or or what happened to us, uh, we had an event a couple of years ago and uh, Tracy from our office was the designated photographer and at the end of the whole thing, her camera was stolen. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes, very sad. But anyway. We'll we'll talk about a protocol that I use to cover 
such um, occasions um, and hopefully that, you know, even if that does happen, you've covered yourself through the night. So we'll, well don't leave us hanging. Tell us now. <laughs> well, basically, I think with gear, so you've got your, your camera and your lenses mm. and uh, I think the other thing I would add in is uh, some kind of lightweight uh, tripod or a monopod yep. is better to, and that's for doing more uh, room shots where you want to shoot with you've got low light but you want to capture all the beautiful candles on the tables mm. and, you know, the ambiance of the room. And so you're just shooting, rather than shooting handheld, you're not going to get a sharp shot. No. I like to use a, a, a monopod and I'll sneak in before the event actually starts and it's always a great idea. No matter what the event is, get in and get a room shot. Oh, definitely. Because even if they haven't asked you for one, get one and give it to the caterers. Yeah. Or, or whoever designed the room, they will love you for yeah. it. And you never know, that might lead to more work from you. It's just a nice thing to do. Absolutely. Great PR. Yeah. So good flashes, a couple of bodies, uh, a couple. And you can always, like, if, you, if, if you've only got one main camera, you can, you know, hire a second one. I, I, would, um, I would strongly advise that because you, you just need to cover yourself and, and the monopod or a really lightweight tripod that you can actually use as a monopod. You just close, close the legs together and suddenly that becomes a monopod. And it's just for ease and because you don't have time to be really setting up your tripod at an event because people are going to trip over it and it's, it's a hazard. So you, just the monopod that you can work with really quickly is a great thing. So, so they're the main things. The other thing I would um, throw into the mix as well is it, it, like I like to have my laptop at an event so that I can download shots as I go. So that I if your sure camera that, gets stolen, that's where well, they are. they're all there and yeah. I make sure that and – it, and it's very rare an event, at an event that I won't download the, sh- the shots as I go. Uh, and if it's maybe like a quick product launch where it's, you know, some big name gets up for 10 minutes to speak about something and I've covered it, obviously I'm not going to – download because you don't have time but generally I always download so a laptop and then you've got your card reader and then always make sure that you've got extra um, accessories like the the cords for the card reader extra make sure you double up on everything because there's been times when I've when I've lost everything so um, in terms of gear like the, the things to do to get yourself ready for an event with your gear is I always make sure that uh, the, the day before you're testing all your flashes and everything, sync cables, everything is working, yeah. okay? Then all, and next, make sure that you've got fresh batteries and plenty of spares, okay? You don't want to be caught out without batteries. Mm. I, I remember um, one of the early Melbourne Cup, campaigns that I shot it was uh shoot we were shooting I was down at the finishing line and uh I was working for the sponsor of the race uh, Emirates and I had to get the the shot of them holding up the cup and, and giving that the the Melbourne Cup to the winning jockey and I was standing there and it had been a long day and I had uh like I knew I had like two or three shots left on my flash mm. and, and also yeah and I didn't have any spare batteries and oh, it was, it was no. to get back to the marquee, it was like a 20-minute, you've got to work your way through the crowd. So that wasn't an option either. I sweated. Oh, <laughs> so my God. I got the shot. It's not fun to be in that position though. So no. it's always something that you've, you, you know, and that's something that you want to have on you. So if you can 
uh, have have like a small bag of just all the, the the necessary stuff, like spare memory cards, spare batteries for your camera, and and spare batteries for your flashes. Yeah. So that it, you know, like because it, like it, it is awful lining a group up, and you've got a-listers, a-listers, the, 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 you know, the CEO of the client that you're working for, they're oh. all there, the money shot, and suddenly you ran out, you run out of um, and how embarrassing. space. Oh. You, oh, sorry, hold it, guys. I've just got to go get another card oh. and put it in the camera. You don't want that to happen to you. No. It, like, so you, you make sure. That, and, and I tend to just change my cards over really frequently so that it's like that's never happening. So even if I know I've got 10 or 15 frames left, mm. I'm going to pull that card out and put it yeah. when I've got a moment and I'm not, you know, busy, I'll put another card in just so I know I've always got plenty of space. Have you ever had it where the card has failed? Yes. And what happens, just lost? Um, they're never lost. I think we'll probably dedicate a show to all of that, mm. um, retrieving uh, data from cards or mm. hard drives. So, um, but, oh, my God, <laughs> it happened It happened one night where, where I was uh, sent out by a magazine and they were holding the cover for mm. me and oh. I got sent out to do this, to do a shoot and I had uh, bought a brand new card on the way to the shoot and Mm. I hadn't bothered to format it properly Mm. and I put it straight into my camera and did the shoot that wasn't downloading, wasn't time because these was like I was backstage shooting a a really well-known couple who had agreed like last minute to do this shoot. So it was all thrown together last minute and um, it was like they gave us five minutes literally to do the shot. So I got it, looked on the back of the camera, everything was fine, raced back to the studio. They're like waiting, where's the shots? We're waiting, hurry up, hurry up. And I'm downloading and it's like card error, card error, card error. I'm oh. dying, I'm dying. And um, and then I like rang another couple of photographers and they said, you know, try try this software and I, and I found some retrieval software and got, got it all back. Oh. Yes, died in the process three times. I think <laughs> um, that, that's not fun. So, no, you know, there's there's something. Um, there's actually I, I will put a link to the show notes. There's a blog post I wrote recently about um, my protocol from card to computer, what I do at, at events. So uh, we'll put that in, and, and I think that covers stuff like that. But I think we will talk about what to do when you lose data or off a hard drive or memory card. Yeah, so we'll definitely do that um, in another show. So what else do you need in your gear? Well, I would always make sure that you've got um, your laptop is fully charged, okay? Hopefully no one steals a laptop. No, I (laughs) know. And you know what else I've got is one of those uh, booster batteries for my phone because the last thing you want is for your phone to, like, if you're, oh, on, yeah. you know, in a marquee or something like that, when you can't get access to power, that's annoying. Yep. And especially with some of these latest phones that they're just, they just, like, the battery runs out so quickly. Terrible. So so one of those little booster packs. Is like amazing. a Mophie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the one I've got, I think, gives you uh, three or four charges, and it's just been a lifesaver. Mm. So, so one of those is really handy. And then, um, a, a, like a card reader is essential, and the cable for the card reader. I actually um, once shot a wedding in a remote location. It was about a couple of hours from my studio, maybe two and a half. Mm. 
and it was like at the end of a hellish week for me and I, I did the whole protocol, packed everything. I forgot the cable for the card reader. Oh. And I also forgot the cable that you can use the camera to download images as well. So, um, oh. yeah, so... I've got my assistant <laughs> ringing all around. We, we were in nowhere, the middle of nowhere, rings mm. every camera store in this small country's town yeah. for a, a cable. No one had one. Uh, I think it was a Saturday or a Sunday. No one even knew what they were. And so I basically had to shoot this wedding like I shot film. Like I had, like I knew I had a limited number of shots. And so oh. I, I, I was, I, and, and I was just photographing, doing like you know five or six frames per shot. Where might I might do thirty or forty if I had the luxury of a you know infinite number of cards. Mm. It was the most stressful day of my life. It was just like it was awful. Um, and then I'm you know through the I think I'm there. It's still at the speech because it was a ma- magazine gig, so they wanted me co- to cover the whole thing till the end. At the speeches, mm. I'm doing three shots. Then I'm going back in my camera, deleting duds, <laughs> just so <gasps> I have have an extra shot, extra shot. And anyway, I, I limped over, <laughs> got there in the end. But I will never do that again. And now I have too two, stressful two card readers. They're not expensive, so I've got one that's permanently lives in my camera bag, and you know, one that's permanently on my desk, and one that's permanently in the car. And you know, mm. you, you overkill when you ha- you make a mistake like that. Mm. Um, so always bring plenty of memory cards, and like, here's the thing with memory cards: you can now buy them, and they're 32 gig, right? Mm. You can get thousands of shots on there. Mm. However, if you've got an entire event on that one card, and you lose that card. Or that card corrupts, mm. what happens? So I am big on don't put all your eggs in one basket and, and like, I really spread the load. So I, I still buy, you know, call me old-fashioned, but the biggest memory card I will buy is, is 8 gig and you, can't, you can hardly get them. Wow. Because, and that, that will still get me uh, a couple of hundred, 250 shots, I think, mm-hmm. on that card, but... You know, I want to, it forces me to be downloading and checking and, and making sure that I'm getting uh, enough shots. And also, it forces me to not overshoot stuff as well. So, I just think it's really important because I have lost cards and I have had memory cards corrupt. Okay, what other gear? Okay, so basically um, a hard drive for backup. So if you're doing a big event and you're doing a massive amount of shooting, thousands of shots, it's not enough to just – like my protocol is I keep them on the memory card, I will download them onto a computer and then I will back up onto another hard drive. And if I can help it, I won't wipe them off the memory card until I get back to my office and I've uh, downloaded that that hard drive onto another backup backup four times overkill no (laughs) i just don't want to lose the files and if you've ever had gone through that you'll you'll know what i mean and so this is the way that i make sure that doesn't happen and there's so much writing on these shots that i just can't afford to do that so that's i think a, a small hard drive for backup is crucial because and then i actually separate them so even if i'm if I'm in the car and I'll on, stop on the way home, I'll always lock the hard drive into my glove box 
all right, away from my gear. So everything's separate. It's like when the royal family fly. <laughs> they all have to go on separate airlines. This is how I treat my memory card, laptop, and external hard drive. Do you name them, Same like child, Charles and Camilla? Camilla or? and uh, Diana, no, I don't. But that's how I treat them. So it's just like it's gold. That This is like gold. You've got to look after it. Okay, so let's move on and um, talk about the actual events. Right. So, what, what, one of the things that um, I think that some people forget about is that when they're a photographer, because I've commissioned some photographers who, you know, they make a point of wearing black. Yeah. Um, that's just their look and that's what they wear. It's like their uniform when they go out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've commissioned some photographers who kind of want to be the life of the party and want everyone to look at them. There's a social photographer, social snapper in Sydney who is very much this loud uh, personality, wears really bright shirts and a hat and, you know, it does not blend in at all. What are your mm. thoughts on that? Mm. Um, look, I think I'm all for everyone being who they are and showing their personality and I think that's a great thing. Uh, I also think you need to be respectful of the clients and, and the event that it is and I have been to events where there have been a number of photographers and they're perhaps like a... a a high profile like an a-list event everyone's dressed to the nines and some photographers will rock up like they've they're going to a nightclub not even a nightclub to a barbecue you know so Mm. jeans sneakers and and that's great that's who they are but geez they stand out Mm. and i can tell you now that i have had uh i've heard comments from top editors and event producers that they actually you know don't love that because mm. it's embarrassing, it, like the because they you do stand out, and so the I think the idea of um, a good social photographer is, is that you blend in, mm. uh, and you know if like if you're doing the races, you don't have to wear the whole the hat and and high shoes and all of that. You've still got to be comfortable, but you should look like uh, you, you shouldn't stand out in the crowd. Yeah. yeah, I don't. You know that's how. But what I believe. So I think. Um, I think it's really important that you are comfortable on the day. Is no, I've, I've seen photographers who are, you know, turn up in the nine-inch heels and, you know, four hours later they're crying. Yeah. And, and <laughs> it's like it's it's not it's not fun. Um, so Most I guys mean, aren't going to have this problem. Most guys won't have this problem. And so but like they may wear I've, – I've, I've seen the guys complain because they've got brand-new shoes and they're wearing them on the day of the event yeah. and they haven't broken them in. And it's like there's nothing worse than having sore feet – and trying to, I don't think there's anything more painful than Nothing. having sore feet. And it's like you, it's not like you can take them off. No. So I think, Rich, choose like a really a re- really good outfit that you can use for those events. And I, I and I've got a, a few that I buy. I know I've got my um. I, I like I like to to wear the tuxedo uh, uh, to, to like a, a, a tuxedo a, a, a tux jacket and um and pants and uh, and nice shoes and and that's that's my look and that that blends in. Do you for wear a bow tie? No bow. <laughs> tie so so i'm always in black for those sorts of events and um i'll, I'll make it my own style by like i always uh, like to wear some nice jewelry that, that that that's like makes it more me and and that's uh that's how i like to to you know of, of those sorts of events mm-hmm. and uh if it's and and always for a wedding as well just so that i make sure that i blend in uh with the crowd and i'm, I'm not going to stand out 
mm. or embarrass anyone. The other thing I do is I always, because it's often, uh, like for some reason, events might be far away if, if you're shooting a wedding or, or some sort of event. I like to keep comfy clothes in the car. <laughs> and for me, it's like as soon as I get to the car, I take my shoes off, put my comfy shoes on. I might take the jacket off, put, you know, something warm and cosy on and uh, that gets me home and I'm, I feel a bit happier. I don't have to wait till I get home to do all of that because I actually hate being dressed up. <laughs> Gina's tip for the day, wear comfy clothes in the car. I do. I, I, um, I don't know how people can – it was like for doing a, a, those spring racing cars, Carnivals where it was four days in a row of dressing up nearly oh. killed me. Mm. I was just, and, and I kept thinking, I don't know how people do that, get dressed up for work every day. So at things like spring racing carnival, um, th- there is sort of an etiquette, isn't there, when you mm. are a photographer, particularly at some of these major high-profile functions. What would yep. you say some of the what, – what would you, you say some of the rules are? Okay. For, well, for me, if you're if you're working at, at, at one of these, I think at any event that you've been employed, I think it's important that unless it's your cousin's wedding, okay? If it's someone that you know really well, then maybe some of these can be relaxed. But I think if you've been employed by the client, you should never be seen eating or drinking at the event, mm. right? Um, and so... Food should always be be eaten like behind the scenes uh, mm. in, in the kitchen or there's generally a room where that you'll set up. I, I generally at an event will ask for an, a special designated area where I can set up my laptop and it's usually someone's office or there'll be a back room always in the marquee when I was shooting uh, for the Melbourne Cup. I had a special office purposely built mm-hmm. into the marquee that, I, that, that was mine and I could use and, and it was tucked away. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you needed to have a drink and something to eat, which you do, of course you do on the day, but it, it shouldn't be done in front of everyone because I, I don't know. I, I, I just don't think it looks professional, mm. you know. So um, yeah, I agree. Do, do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I've seen some photographers hoe into the yeah. buffet. And, you um, know. and oh my god, the food is so amazing. But mm. don't worry, you don't miss out because mm, yes. like the thing that I suggest that new uh, you know photographers can do the first thing you do is you make sure that when you start shooting events is that you always photograph the food. Mm. Okay? And you always make sure that the caterers get those shots. And they will love you forever. Then they can have the opportunity. They use those shots on their website. But mark my words, next time you turn up to one of their events, you are so well fed forever. <laughs> Great I remember, yeah, I've, always, I've always done that and I didn't realise there was some sort of, um, you know, flow on effect from that. But, you know, I just suddenly like the last time I rocked up to the marquee, coffee was there waiting. They knew exactly how I had it and then it would come like every couple of hours and then suddenly there was platters coming out the back for me and, and, and then they would save food specially. And I'm like, okay, all right, I get it. This is good. This is very cool. Mm. I went to, um, uh, well, no, I organised an event once where I had commissioned the photographer and um, they were sort of newish at photography, but I was happy to give them a break Mm. um, because I, I saw their shots and I thought they were quite good. But what I did notice is that they used the event as a networking opportunity for themselves. And yes, they did get the shots um, or, you know, enough shots, but they also made sure they handed out their business card, you know, like, yeah. which I, I kind of wasn't sure whether I was feeling, whether it was bitchy to think that they, they shouldn't do that or I don't know. What do you think? 
I think there's a time and a place for that. I think with that, if if someone specifically comes up and asks you for a card, then I think it, it's it, it's okay to give them one. Mm. But I think to be you know purposely bowling up to guests and and you know hey how you going I really love your product or you know I'd really be really good to shoot for you and here's a card if you ever need that's mm. I don't think that's very cool at all mm. at all. So it's like because you're shooting for someone else. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So do you think that I mean what's when people you, when people are in conversation they're in a little bit of a huddle but you need to get this shot. How do you break into that huddle? Uh, this is this is really tricky, and I, I, I can tell you now that I spent like a, the first like a long many many events where I would be like l- <laughs> lurking around the outside of those groups, like waiting for a break or something to cut mm. in, or trying to make eye contact with people. And it was generally in the early years that someone would feel sorry for me and go, "Oh, do you want to take a photo?" And I'm, <laughs> Oh, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, but th- there is like, look, we're all there to, and and I think the guests understand, especially if it's a corporate event, yeah. that, that you need to get your shots because they're there to, they're, they're hosts and, and the idea is they're invited to, to be photographed, I guess. So mm. um, it's, it, it's, it's okay to ask. It's just the way that to politely break into to conversation. So basically the way I do it is uh, like, if they're re- it's a really inter- like you, you wouldn't be breaking in if the prime minister was there with his cabinet ministers in a deep huddle looking really concerned mm-hmm. probably not a good idea you might wait and try and get eye contact with someone or if it looks <laughs> like a couple having an argument i've seen that you know oh, yeah. they're breaking up mm. it's probably not a good time no but if aside from that it looks like they're all getting on and everyone's happy then you know you can I, I, I just sort of come up and I, I go hi a big smile on my face so sorry for interrupting do you mind if I take a photo and I'll open up the group and and then you know g- generally everyone says yes there's not many occasions when they've said no go away have they ever said that yes and in what scenario uh <laughs> You can use code. It's okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So this uh, a guest at a, a like pretty pretty big name, really. And um, yeah, I went up to him, and he was with another well known person who was ready to take the photo. And he's like, "Ah, uh, yes, I do mind. <laughs> I don't want my photo." Was it at a public event? Was re- yeah, he was really rude. He was a guest, mm. uh, uh, and uh, it, it's obvious, you know. I mean, it's not it's not like it's in a contract, but if you're a guest at a particular event, yeah. it's expected and you've agreed that to you go. and you agree to go, and it's all you know, it's expected that you get your photo to be yeah. in the paper to say, "Look who we had at our event." Mm. Yes, mm. and so I don't. Yes, I, I can't because I don't want to say this person's name. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but it so really stopped me in my tracks because it's like not happened before. What did you do? I didn't know what to do. I was, I was quite. I just went okay then, <laughs> and I kind of backed away really slowly, and then I just, yeah, just stayed away from that person for the rest of the day. What happens at? Um, let's move on to weddings because weddings are very different to a public event like you know, like a Melbourne Cup party or, or something like that. Weddings have a very they're a bit of a ritual, you know. There's a there's there's taking photos, getting made up. There's getting into the car. There's there's going down the aisle. There's and then there's the official shots in between. Yep. Oh, it's I feel exhausted <laughs> just thinking about it. Uh, what are your tips for weddings? 
All right. So, you know, again, this is probably an entire show that you dedicate to this, mm. five shows really. There's so much involved. But just briefly, so, you know, if we're going to put it into the lot of events, um, I have a, a ritual that I go through for, for all events and, and, and this is my protocol. So basically pre-event, um, I try and get hold of um, – I try and, and if I'm booked a long time out before they've booked, you know, the 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 event and the church or the where they're going to get married, I, I try and get in their ear and say, look, you know, this is how much time I'll need. Mm. And so I'll, I'd like to have a meeting and just talk about times of day to, mm. that are best for shooting because otherwise what happens is – You'll get, the, you'll get the call and they'll go, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've decided that uh, the ceremony is going to happen at midday. We're going to be outside. And this has happened. Like, right outside, won't that be beautiful? Midday sun outside, oh, you'll be shooting it. Like, we'll be right in the middle outside. It'll be beautiful. Oh. Then we're going to have a lunch. So we've allowed 15 minutes for photos. Do you think that's enough? <laughs> and then. And this has all happened and you're left at the end going, um, no, don't ever get midday sun. And it was like luckily that day it just so happened that this tiny little cloud, the tiny little cloud that would, just (laughs) as the the bride was walking up the aisle, covered the sun. And suddenly it was the most beautiful light. And then it was so bizarre because there was not another cloud in the sky, Mm. right? And just this tiny little cloud. And people were people like I think the father of the bride came and he said, "Did you did you have anything to do with that?" I'm like, "I did. I arranged that. I arranged (laughs) for that little cloud to come over." So lucky, but. There's been other times when it's like it's been really tough and you just like you go, I can't shoot. 15 minutes is not long enough Mm. to get those great shots that you want and that light. So try and get in, get in their ear and try and help them organise the event and tell them better times of day. So, yeah. then after that, I will meet with them down the track maybe a, a month uh, before the event and we work out uh, like a shot list and uh, a plan of location. So I've got an idea of like the running sheet and everything that's going on. So I'm across all of that. And then the one question I really like to ask mm. is, is there any family issues I need to know about? Because I don't mm. want to find out about them on the day. You know, have you got a crazy Uncle Dave? Is And you find out so much. So bad. <laughs> about the couples. They're like, okay, yes, so my dad's been married four times and all his wives are going to be at the, <laughs> at, at the event. This wife gets on really well and with that wife, that wife, and, you know, or the sisters aren't all speaking so you can't take any photo and and so normally you'd go in and you just assume that like oh that's your mum and dad let's get a photo together yeah. and then you realize that why is everyone looking so awkward because they hate each other yeah. you know so you then you try if you know all of this so i've got a little list with you know don't put uncle dave with auntie mary they don't like each other <laughs> this person is having an affair with that person nobody knows but like you know all of that and then oh, i can avoid those awkward Awkward, awkward situations. <laughs> There's a reality show in this. Oh yeah, for sure. I think they've, they've already been done, haven't oh, they? Probably, <laughs> probably. Goodness me. Okay, so then what happens on the day? How do you get? I mean, again, as you say, this is a whole podcast, really. I know. I'm trying to get. I and so maybe we should save it for that. But in terms of getting the right shots and the right with that aren't cheesy uh, amongst the couples, um, we should dedicate a whole episode to that. I think. 
Probably, but like basically, like and also like before the event, find out where the location is, and if you can't get there, like we talked about this uh, in a recent podcast, use Google Maps or Flickr to recce the location, so yeah. you can have an idea, so you're not sort of bowling up. Uh, you get better at this too with time. You get better at turning up to a location and just knowing really quickly to how to think on your feet and find the best places. But sort of if you're starting out, this is something that you need to train. So so using those social media, uh, like those sites like Flickr or, or Google Maps will help you find those good locations and go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, there's a waterfall there or there's a good there's a good area there and I can use that. So to plan out your shots so you're not sort of um, under, under as much pressure because yeah. weddings are hard enough as it is. How about things like corporate events? I mean, I go to a lot of conferences where uh, there's there's speakers, so the photographer needs to capture the speaker, but obviously capture them ideally in action um, and also capture the mood and ambience of the conference itself, but also key people in the conference. Yep. What are some of the, the rules with that? I'm actually quite interested particularly with the capturing them speaking on stage because... I know that um, photographers find it very difficult to get a good shot of me when I'm speaking on stage. Yeah, I, and and well, again, this is this is a skill, and it's something that like not everyone. If you you just need the right person to do it, and mm. it, it's something that you really need to think about. So with corporate events, I think it's important that uh, you cover every single minute detail of the event because know for sure that everything that's there is is sponsored right you know and all those sponsors want to see their value for money you know like the food on the table the the wines the 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 gift packs at the end the signage everything so make sure that you go around and get there early that's enough more, to get that's more a PR event not a corporate event but yeah I take your point yeah but you get all of that anyway I think it's really important mm-hmm. but um getting the shots on stage I that's where I would have my monopod again mm. and have a long lens and no flash because what happens if you're trying to shoot a speaker with flash basically you're never going to be close enough to get a good shot using flash mm. it's annoying to the speaker it makes it really hard for them to to concentrate when there's just flash going off all the time you might throw them off their speech mm. which is not going to make you really popular and if you shoot it as with a, a long lens and you're back a bit, you can just fire as many shots as you like. And so just be back, well back, and, and shoot from either side so that you – and if you shoot enough shots, you'll get the shots when, you know, they're looking well. And I, and I tend to time it so that there's times when there might be applause – and the speaker's looking up and looking over the audience, like kind of smiling. That's mm. a good time to take the shot. So, uh, so yeah. what do you mean back a bit? What do you mean? Do you mean you're in the audience or well, where, where, what's back a bit mean? So I would try and be uh, to the side of stage. Mm-hmm. It depends how. It depends where they, they are as well. So if they're up on the stage, yeah, let's say they're up on a stage. Well, that, then yeah. you'd have you'd have a you'd have a really a long lens, like a two hundred or something, mm-hmm. so that you can get sort of slot and take it from the side. Because if you take it dead square, you're going to have a microphone mm-hmm. uh, covering part of their face, and so. Uh, it, 
if you get if you get slightly to the side, you'll probably get a nicer shot of their face without that microphone in, in it. And the other thing that you want to be getting is is like the logo at the front as well. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm big on logos. I've <laughs> shot too, for too many corporates that you always need to get that shot. So mm. either side, and then make sure that you're not walking across in front of them as they're speaking because that's annoying for everyone. Mm. Uh, and always wear uh, really quiet shoes. Don't wear those squeaky ones. And non-jangly jewellery. Non-jangly jewellery. Non-jangly jewellery because that's also, that'll make you stand out as well. So, you know, that that's a good thing to do. Um, the other thing with uh, corporate events is you want to make sure that you're, you're getting the group shots but try not to get, like, don't, don't, don't be getting groups of 10 or 15 because that's just too many people. And if it's ever going to run in a, in a publication, mm. then you've got to get all the names of everyone mm. and it's just too many. So I try and keep it like groups of two, three, fives. That's about that. Then I cap it at about that and that's an easy sort of number mm. to, to caption and, and go into like the, the magazine or online or whatever. Mm. And how about when people are eating, like eating lunch? Is that do you shoot when people are eating? No, I never shoot when people are eating. I think that's the time when that's the time when I'll take a break and go and maybe have lunch myself or try and find other things to do. But I think if it's like that that sort of event, let them sit down and enjoy their lunch or dinner. Don't be coming up and go, oh hey, is this a good? Because I know that it's a captive audience; they're there and, and you can find them. But mm. like, like let them let them have their dinner because it so, might be the only time they have to actually sit down. When you're shooting people at a corporate event, they're not the celebrities and fashionistas and social page people that you would find at one of the, like the Melbourne Cup, who are used to getting their photo taken. Yep. How do you get people comfortable, especially, you know, corporates who aren't used to getting their photo taken so that the shots look good? (laughs) Well, I think, like... Don't ever be afraid to um, help people with posing and and tidy them up a little bit. So I often will, you know, break into a group and go, hi, is it okay if I take group shot? And then they're like, yeah. And I'm like, look, do you mind if I just uh, button this jacket up for you? Because often the guys might have like their jackets are open and or they might just look a bit messy. So I'll Mm. tidy them up. I've been known to fix their hair <laughs> and uh, and then I might show the ladies how to stand. They love that. Yeah. Things like that. They go, oh, my God. And I'm like, and if you just do this and I'll give them a couple of tips about, you know, stretching forward with the, the face so that they're not like that. And then you explain why you're saying this, but, mm. you know, in a really gentle way, you know, because so if you turn your body just slightly side, they go, oh, my God. No one's ever told me this. this is fantastic. And then they will remember that. And next time they see you at an event, they will they will come over to you and ask for a shot <laughs> if you look after them. Yeah. And, you know, and look for nice light. And you look for light and have flattering light to move. Don't be afraid to say to a group, do you mind if we just move over here a little bit? The light's really, really nice and it, you'll just look better. And if mm. you say that, they'll understand and, of course, everyone wants to look really well, you mm. know, because I've seen people who are just in these glaring, like, you know how you have those red lights sometimes at events or oh. that look really cool but photograph Bad someone under the, It's awful yeah. or it's like really hard, harsh light. Yeah. And um, it's not nice. So don't ever be afraid to move people around. They, they will appreciate it. So let's move on then to after the event because after the event is over, it's not 
actually over, is it? <laughs> no, it's like sometimes uh, events is like, yeah, we want you to cover the event, but we need all the photos uh, ASAP because it's all going to press the next day or we need to get them online. So so you're having to head back to your office and upload and, and uh, rename and you send those files away so it's it's like another big day so mm. basically i make sure that the at the end of event uh, and during the event i'm carefully backing up all the files mm. twice three times so i know i've got them in in one spot and um always uh do a double check of the venue and make sure because often you're under so much pressure and you might leave like a flash somewhere or lean mm. your monopod against something and then actually forget. And I've done that. I've lost two monopods because oh. I've been so fixated on just getting these files out and getting home mm. that that I've forgot the monopod. And then it's like not till I'm at my next gig, I'm like, where's my monopod? <laughs> <laughs> and they're not, they're not cheap. So just, just like do a, a quick check. Make, it's probably a good idea to even have, like, I've got this with my gear now. I have a checklist of all yeah. my gear. And it's in, like, the lip of my camera bag. And so then if, if it's an assistant, I'll go just double check that I've got everything. We haven't left uh, anything lying around. and everything's ba- Everything always goes back in the same spot in the camera bag. Mm. And then you can just, I can glance and I know that something's missing just by looking. So that that's a good idea. And then, you know, always do the double check. Put your comfy shoes on. What is it with these comfy shoes? Do you wear Ugg boots or something as soon as you stop shooting? I don't, but I just like, there's nothing worse than having sore feet, Val. I just don't like having sore feet. Okay. I like to put my comfy shoes on to get for the drive home. Because sometimes, like, if you've been, some events, I'm on my feet for 20 hours and I'm not kidding. Uh, yeah, like they go for that long. You like the that's what the logies was like. Yeah, yeah. So you turn up, bump in, and then you know it was just a long day, and my feet would hurt. Can so you just I, wear comfy shoes. No, because they look daggy. Okay. <laughs> and I thought I would mention I, the, there's an app. Um, I actually use it for traveling, but it can be used just as um, just as well for your checklist. And um, I use it because I constantly going traveling and constantly going to different cities to find that, you know, I've left my camera somewhere or I've left my underwear somewhere or I've yeah. left my makeup in another state. Yeah. So I started yeah. using a checklist in an app called TripList. Oh, and right. um, so I'll, I'll put that in the show notes. But So what I have now is I have um, uh, a, a, a list for domestic travel Say yep. a list for international travel, yep. a list for say going down the coast because you need different things when you yep. travel internationally. You need different electrical yeah. staff yep. and yep. all of that. So you could have you know an event checklist or a wedding checklist. It's a great idea. Or a, you know studio checklist. Um, just so that, and you have all of your key things there. If you don't need them, that's okay. You can just cross it off. But at least yep. you are forced to cross each of them off to make sure that you've 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 got them mm. or you've chosen to leave them. That's an awesome idea, Val. I'm going to get that uh, that app. I trip need it so list. I don't. The trip list. It sounds fantastic. We'll put that in the show notes. So yeah, I mean, gosh, these events sound exhausting. I'm exhausted. They are exhausting. Just... Well, and and then you know the other thing that you need to do, I think, is just always allow yourself time to recover. 
What do you so, mean? Well, you know, if you know you've got and, and if you can help it, give yourself the, the next morning off. Don't be, mm-hmm. you know, jumping into, you know, more work or an, an, another. Like, so I'll try if I can not to book another shoot the next day because I know and I've tried to do it. I know that I'm going to turn up to the next shoot. I'm going to be cranky because yeah. I'm tired. And I'm not going to, like, give that client my 100% and that's not fair on anyone. So I will give myself the time to, you know, catch up on some sleep and then just have a, a day of non-shooting because if you you are out and it's not just the shooting, it's the small talk that you've got yeah. to do an event. But that's the bit that as a, a that really exhausts me because you you have to be switched on the whole time. Mm. You know, so chat, 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 that exhausts me. So like a day of not speaking to anyone and just mm-hmm. doing nice things to yourself just to, 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 to recover properly. And feeding, and feeding your ducks and your dog and your cats. Just doing all that nice stuff because, yeah, like you, you, I think you really have to protect yourself in that way because, like, yes, you can do it and but you can't do it for very long and you can't sustain that, you know, great work working at that pace forever. So when you happen to have several events in a week for just circumstantial reasons, yes, how do you keep your energy up? Well, you've just got to really look after yourself and make sure that you eat well, um, you're not eating rubbish and make sure that you are trying to, to get enough sleep and it, like you're not going to get enough sleep because it's just it, – it's constant. So the thing I do is I make sure that I, I'm eating um, real food. Mm not rubbish and um, just keep yourself constantly fueled and make sure that you, you're kind of fairly uh, healthy going into the event. Like looking after your body is really important if you're going to be standing on your feet all day and have that energy and, and good energy to bring to the event. And finally, out of all of the different types of events that you do, which kind do you enjoy the most and why? Um, I think they're all different for different reasons. So, like, it, 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 it's gotten to the point where, like, I've done so many in a row of the same event that you go and you know so many people that, mm. that, that like, it, it's really cool and it's really fun. So, I think I, I like, uh, I like all of them. The, the, the you know, the, the party style ones because they're they're great fun. The, the, some of the corporate ones I've done can be fascinating. Because you can go to events that are workshops and mm. shoot those, mm. and it's like I'm like people are paying thousands to be there, and you're front and center getting all this information. So I love those. Well, you were asked to shoot the Dalai Lama. I was, you? and that was like I, I, could, I couldn't believe like it was that was like one of those pinch yourself moments where I'm like I'm standing next to him, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm standing next to him, <laughs> and it's like wow, I'm, th- that was incredible. So it's like those moments. Did you get him to incredible. pose? Did you fix did. his hair? <laughs> did you button his jacket? <laughs> No, there was this whole long list of stuff that we couldn't, couldn't do. So, like, you know, um, no, I didn't. <laughs> okay, and on that note, um, that, uh, that brings us to the end of our podcast this week. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to give us your feedback, we'd love to um, uh, get a review from you. If you could take 30 seconds on iTunes, that would be awesome. Just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer and um, leave your review there. We'll give some of the reviews uh, some shout-outs. But also, if you just want to give some feedback personally, email us, news at ginamilitia.com. You'll find some great resources on Gina's website, 
J, not J. I do it again. Do it. You I do, do it that again all the time. G, G. I've known you for thirty. Oh, it's going to be. Years. A f- I'm going to implement a fine for every time yeah. you say J. G <laughs> I N A M I L I C I A. Yay. Genomilitia.com, where you can also uh, download a free ebook on. Um, Portrait, getting getting the shot. So uh, that's a fantastic book. I love it, um, and it and it's really useful. But you can also uh, ping us on social media. Where can we find you, Gina? At Gina Militia with a G. <laughs> yes, with a G. I'm at Valerie Koo. And what we suggest you do is actually do that quiz. Which yes. famous photographer are you actually like? The link is in the show notes, which you'll find at ginamilitia.com. Uh, but which famous photographer are you actually like? And tweet us the answer. Yes, tell us. We'd love to hear. So until next time, uh, my name's Valerie Koo, and it's been great chatting to you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.